Lord Salt Force One, a podcast where we talk all things Navy, military, and other global happenings. I am your Commander-in-Chief, Frank. And I'm Jimmy, otherwise known as the Salty Millennial. And we're here to kick a lot of ass and chew bubblegum, and I'm all out of bubblegum! Alright. <laughs> all right, so... I, I have some gum if you want. Oh, no, it's okay. Okay. Uh, last week, we had an interesting conversation with uh, Graham... What's his name? Graham Scarborough. Yeah. The... the, the golden demigod of the skies (laughs) which we obviously stole from moana by the way i wanted to call him out on that i forgot to did he well you know demigod of the wind and rain you know i well i'm I'm familiar with moana yeah yeah yeah. so i assume you're pretty familiar with all princesses in the disney universe is that because i'm a dad or because i'm in the navy I'm going to go with the latter at this point (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't setting that up to be an insult but we'll go with it yeah you know i'm 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 uh, tuned in to receive insults. So <laughs> that's the funny thing is the 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 varying degree of feedback on him. Like I got, <laughs> I started getting texts right away. Like, oh, this guy's awesome, and yeah. like he was only about halfway into the show. And then, <laughs> then of course, the more public comments were like, "This guy sucks. I just <laughs> like, can't li- unlistenable. <laughs> <laughs> it makes my ears bleed." <laughs> and that's what we offer here. Yeah. So <laughs> let's 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 try for that again. Yeah, content that makes your ears bleed. <laughs> That's that's part of the reason I even called myself the salty millennial. I'd love to see and hear the sound of people's heads exploding. All right. So one thing that we didn't get to last week that I'm actually excited to talk about because I know something about it for once is the five G's. Yeah, five G's. So um, there's a bunch of uh, retired admirals and generals that are concerned about it. Um, I guess it's a national security concern, which I um. I'm not really sure I get. That's why I'm trying to I'm trying to wrap my head around it. So I guess it's concerning in a couple different ways. One, um, obviously, if China builds the communication infrastructure uh, in America through, you know, what's the name of that company? Huawei or whatever. Huawei. Huawei. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, that would be bad. The whole great, great cyber wall of China or whatever the fuck they call it, firewall of China. Yeah. Um, so you don't want you don't want a Chinese company to be the one who like builds and manages it but like 5g is so much more than like uh connection speeds right and so i guess one of the questions is well like 3g to 4g wasn't this earth shattering thing yeah like i mean it's one of those things that um it it enabled the smartphone right so that's that's something that um i I read up on it and i kind of underestimated it because you like think back to the 3g era Uh the world of before 4g we had smartphones but they weren't the the kind that we weren't they didn't do the things that we are used to them doing now well, and 4G it, kind of enabled that. Yeah, so like 3G, you could get speeds like 7 megabytes per second up to like, some people said up to 42, but most people are getting about 1 megabyte a second. And it was this broadcast, you know, just signal out, you find it, you know, you get it. And and the funny thing about 4G is 3G kind of got people going. They're like, look at this, I can do shit on my phone, you know? Yeah. And the marketing people were like, well, fuck, if they like 3G, they'll love a 4G. So most of the 4G that people were getting when it first rolled out wasn't actually 4G. It was just a marketing term. Is that that what LTE is? Well, that's why you started seeing, like, LTE. is because, like, they had already used the term. Oh, and and now they actually had some quality stuff. Yeah, and so, like, later on, like, we're just now kind of getting... 4G to its potential. Okay. Um, so, like, I took some notes here. Like, 4G, actual 4G, not like quote unquote 4G, uh, is 50 to 100 megabytes a second, right? 
and um, and they advertised it up to 300 megabytes, but they still haven't done that. So that was like okay. with 4G, it was kind of just that. So like the speeds increased, uh, latency, which is like how quickly these two machines can communicate with one another, um, and it's measured in milliseconds. That improved a little bit, um, you know, depending on how what part of the range you're looking at. But basically, it was just beefing up like like your uh, Wi-Fi at home, basically going from, it's like, oh, I went from having a five megabyte a second modem to now I've got a hundred yeah. megabytes a second. Yeah. I mean, they're ta- they, now 4G is to the point where people are considering, I've considered, do I just want to get rid of Wi-Fi and, and just utilize a cell signal, you know, unlimited data plan and then replace my, my Wi-Fi? Because, I mean, you know, you're on your cell phone and it's, pretty much the same you know maybe a little slower but it's it's all it's competitive well that's the thing some places i've been um i find my cell signal to be faster yeah and uh so and, and i get that and that's and i do 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 the unlimited data we've got some more of that coming later yeah but uh, i do the unlimited data in part because like you should never ever connect to a public wi-fi like when you connect at a coffee shop or something yep you're just an asshole use a vpn yeah and even then i have some cons- I mean, VPNs should make it fine. Use but- a VPN that goes through China. <laughs> yeah, that's the safety. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I mean, the speeds are good enough um, now. But, like, so what 5G does, uh, one, their guessing speeds will be, like, five... Well, actually, not guessing. Nokia has actually tested uh, a 5G signal in a moving vehicle and has gotten five gigabytes a second, yeah. or gigabits a second, moving. And so they're saying you can get faster than that you can get slower than that but they nokia's actually tested and gotten results of five gigabits a second so you're going so you mentioned 300 megabits a second earlier yeah now we're so at five, five gigs five thousand megabits per second right yeah so this is yeah that, that's that's and i i get the speed but, difference but being... that's not the important part okay so the important part um is the latency right okay. so latency like i just uh when you type in your command prompt like ping google.com right like i just did that for fun which is basically just saying like this one packet of information how fast does it get from my computer to google server and and back i guess and it was 32 milliseconds uh, i guess average 27 milliseconds so it's pretty fast we're talking milliseconds right yeah 4g is 100 to 200 milliseconds um but with 5G, it's going to be like one or two milliseconds. So you can, so that enables the kind of real time smart cars. Smart cars, right, right. So now you're talking about Internet of Things. Right, yeah. right. So, so you it, need that, like diagnostic and um, close control kind of stuff. It's like those machines where a surgeon can do right. know, a surgery half a, half a Which planet away. I think that happened. I think there was a 5G surgery already. Oh, yeah. Probably cool. in China. Yeah, oh. <laughs> um, but no, I know. I think I think I read. So that's uh, you know they 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 demonstrated the tr- the breakthrough capabilities of the technology. Right. But I guess the surgeon was somewhere halfway across the world using a five G network and a and a Da Vinci style machine or whatever they call them now, where he's actually doing the surgery to tele telemetrically or whatever. Yeah, you, you know, do the thingy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm moving my hands around like Edward hands, but, um, you know... But it's moving. Simulating a, a surgeon that's carefully dissecting a person. And that's the thing. When you're talking about, like, a highway, when you're talking about heart surgery, when you're talking about these sorts of things, like, the amount of time... Like, getting the commands right is fine, but even, you know, if it takes half a second to get there, 
um, the situation's totally different. Yeah, you know? yeah. What about loss? What about like um, packet loss and things like the the fidelity of the signal? Well, that's the interesting thing too. Like as opposed to a three G or radio or stuff like that, you know, they just scatter the signal out there and then you kind of latch into it and you send it back that direction. With five G, it's a direct beam. Aha. Uh-huh. And so like interesting. Yeah, and so instead of just being like, I'm gonna send this everywhere, it it once it, it connects to the device. And then it stay. It's a direct beam, and they can it can bounce a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the problem is it can't go through walls. It can't go through rain. It can't go through lots of things. So what it means is instead of having like a bunch of really tall towers, really far apart, blasting lots of waves, you get these little tiny millimeter waves, um, and you have lots of little teeny tiny yeah signal things. Put those things everywhere. Yeah, you put them on so, buildings, you put yeah. them on, and, and and they don't take up, I mean, they're, you know, a laptop or whatever, yeah. um, but so they don't take up a lot of space, but it's it's a massive undertaking to install this stuff, Yeah, you know, because it's, um, you know, like you said, it takes a whole lot, and it can And that's what China is investing in. Right, and when it's the right thing to do, I mean, that's what everybody has been looking into, because it is the future, I mean, like, the, as long as we've been hearing about the Internet of Things, or self-driving cars... Like it's uh, it's latency really that's been the big problem why we can't do it you just can't get the commands there in time like yeah. if because with self driving it's you know you got cars commute it's not just one car doing a good job the cars are all communicating with each other to know where everything is so that they know like well I've got this is where the closest five hundred cars are yeah you know? yeah they, that's like running the Waze app in in inside their own you know brains well, they're they're. They're figuring out the best route, and then, and, and not just navigation, but also safety. Well, and it's not even like the the way is app. It's just it's like you know, Honda goes, "Hey, Ford F one fifty over there, what you doing?" It's like I'm I'm going straight at this speed. I'm going to turn yeah. right up there. They go, "Okay, cool. I'm going to do this." And they go, "Okay, cool." And so theoretically, that would that would reduce traffic because if yeah. you're cooperating. If you know, that's if if people cooperated on the road, there'd be less traffic. I speaking of that, I almost died on the way over here. Yeah, so I was getting off the exit, making a left. And a little old lady uh, didn't even make an attempt to slow down. <laughs> and I mean, and I and I, I had the, the green light. I mean, I'm, but I slammed on my brakes. And if I hadn't done that, I'm pretty sure she would have hit me like on my side, you know, full speed. And I slammed on the brakes thinking, okay, at least she'll hit the front end of my car. <laughs> and and then at the last second, she slammed on her brakes. And, and we just kind of sat there. For, I didn't get out of the car. It was just, we just like in, in stunned silence. I'm just, and then I looked, and I still had the green light, so I just very carefully kept driving, <laughs> and then I made it here. So that uh, exit, there's always been wrecks, and when there's wrecks, like it, the traffic backs up onto the interstate, and you just have to wait. And I, I remember, and they're always in that same spot, like that intersection coming from the light on the exit to the road, and um, and I've always wondered, like, what, what keeps happening? I just figured, you know, idiots. I almost but, was wondering if they, if she even actually had a green light. Well, <laughs> well, so one day I was where you were, just very front, light turns green, and I see this car coming down, uh, going westward or whatever, and I think, that car's not slowing down at all. So I, yeah. I started rolling a little bit, but I didn't, I didn't really start going because I kind of saw him. And sure enough, he just blew through or he kind of slammed on at the last second and noticed uh, the red light. And so then I went, you know, but so there's an overpass and I was just wondering, like, maybe they can't see the light. But no, you can. You can. Yeah. I don't know what it's all about. It's just um, 
old people. Well, and I think what happens is people are looking ahead to the next light because that's kind of the important light. This one's just a little like eh, just for people coming off the interstate. Yeah. So I think yeah. they're looking up there and they're just forgetting about it, um, which I almost did one time. Not not important. Uh, yeah. Stop traffic. That was not a big deal. Just blow through it. <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh, so so the idea is to uh, get those people off the road, and then you can have driverless cars. But you need the you need the network for that because they need to be able to communicate with the other cars. Yeah, and a lot of times, um, you know, with traffic, just having um, someone tap the brakes or you know hit the brakes, slow down five miles an hour for no goddamn reason, like on the interstate, like that causes problems down the line. Like yeah. the person behind him breaks yeah. and so on and so forth. And it's, merging, can't people can't merge? Uh, <laughs> yeah, can't plan ahead. Don't know no. the exits. Um, but so that's so that's like it's such a bigger upgrade than uh 4g and it it allows you know autonomous vehicles it allows like real ai development um to the next level you know because if if things are communicating just immediately with one another it it just opens the door to so much yeah it kind of reminds me though of this uh poster i saw with uh, it was like a a uh, person drinking coffee and it was like drink coffee do stupid things faster with more energy <laughs> right you know and so if if we're not getting that ai right and with the programming then they're just they're going to be communicating that much more quickly and probably learning right right and then going off on this tangent and then i mean uh, i'm not saying i know how to program computers so that they can learn effectively but uh, and and you're not you know, turn into Saltron, um, which I guess is inevitable because he came from the future. He's already so here. yeah. So I guess um, there's not much we can do about it. But you know, it's like this is going to enable. This is going to be this huge tool. This is going to enable us to do so much. But what, what what we do with it is the interesting part. You know, I, we this could go so many different ways. Well, and it so when people have developed um, experimental, but at some point the military was developing. Uh, these tiny drones, like as opposed to the big drones that we see or yeah, the ones yeah. that kill people. They got yeah. the ones that are about the size of a dragonfly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, what, DARPA is very interested in that. Yeah. yeah, well, and so what they found, though, is it was it was too slow to use uh, satellites. Ah. So for, like, navigating an urban area. Like, yeah. for, for out in rural areas, it was fine. So what they ended up doing is figuring out, or GPS, that was it. GPS was too slow. And so what they ended up doing is found out a system, which seems ridiculous to me, but apparently it works. Where you can use the number of routers out there, oh. and like something about the spacing and just like collecting all yeah, the routers. Ping the routers. When you don't even have to be on the network, you just have to know, and then you can get where the they are. Yeah. yeah, and so that helps them. That, that so they were navigating with that, and they said it was pretty effective. But five G, yeah. you don't need but that's that. That's kind of what five G is doing, right? It's, it's a distributed network of tran, uh, transceivers, I guess, or I mean, something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're basically instead of relying on large cell towers and satellites. You've got these this uh, distributed network of things that can receive the signal and transmit it to something else. So you then have that you get rid of that latency. So um, I know that's a that's a big deal to the military because, like you said, when you want to do swarm tactics right. for, for drones, um, I'm trying to think. Uh, you know, just uh, uh, cruise cruise missile uh, attacks. Um, all that like, kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so you're not relying on... Oh, because I was going to mention is, you know, GPS, you mentioned being too slow, but it's also probably going to be denied in a in a high-end combat. There you go. So you're not even going to have it. So then you got to think of what else you're going to use. And if we're relying on China to develop the 5G network, then... 
Well, that's yeah. Imagine it's our a problem if we're at war with China. Imagine a communication infrastructure that controls the way cars move on the road, controls the robots inside our home, control the way that our military can send swarms, or anybody's military could sw- send swarms of little spying drones yeah. through our nation, and that it's China controlled. Right. So you then know? you can just flip the switch, and all the blue becomes red. Yeah, like all know? all the yeah, all the blue becomes red. Yeah. <laughs> But like, much like you know, our our power grid is kind of exposed, and so people have often wondered, like, oh, you know, is China gonna try and, or whoever and try and sabotage our power grid yeah, at some point? Yeah, SCADA. You call it a SCADA attack. I forget what the SCADA stands for, but it's an acronym because we love our acronyms. Right, and um, that's the idea: is you use your cyber technology to uh, take down control systems so that you could influence it. Uh, power grid or power plant um, uh, or telecommunications network and uh, so yeah I mean that's that's um, that's the future of it so that's I think what um, these uh, uh, one two three four five six uh, retired admirals and generals were concerned about so some familiar names uh, Admiral Stavridis who is uh, we actually mentioned him last week he is the uh, not the president of the Naval Institute, but the uh, oh, he's a, the chairman of the board. Oh, cool. Um, and then, um, and so he's also a retired. Uh, he was the commander of NATO. Wow. Um, and another commander of NATO, General Breedlove, um, Admiral Locklear, General Admiral Keating. Breedlove. These are all four. St- these are all four star admirals and generals. Um, and then Lieutenant General Clapper, uh, who is a retired director of National Intelligence. And General Alexander, retired Cybercom. He was a commander of the U.S. Cybercom, Cyber Command and the director of the NSA. So these are these are people that know what they're talking about. Right. And they made this 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 statement. And and uh, just to read just the intro of it, they we have grave concerns about a future where a Chinese-developed 5G network is widely adopted among our allies and partners. And our concerns fall into three main categories. Espionage, future military operations, and then... Democracy and human rights, which I thought was interesting. Well, and that's um, and th- and we touched on two of those, you know. And, yeah, yeah. And, and one of the things we didn't really talk about is in the U.S., um, you know, especially love or love them or hate them, like Donald Trump is not the type of guy that says, "Yo, China, come on in here and, and install this stuff, China." Um, <laughs> and so, but even if you know Trump or whoever the next president is keeps China out. Um, what about Greece? You know, what about London? Like, you know, where? Well, yeah. What about Greece? That's uh, you know going through some tough times. Yeah. What about the the UK after Brexit or whatever it is? Or, yeah. Or just all you know anything Ukraine. Like, imagine yeah. someone being like, "Oh man, like us little old Czech Republic, we could be one of the first nations in Europe to adapt a five G infrastructure. That would be wonderful." Yeah. You know, and and. And really, just give it to them. Like, here you go. We'll pay for it all. And then you have it. And you basically become an outpost in China's information empire. Well, yes. Yes. Because that's what they're doing. I mean, it's not not just a... Yeah. Oh, hold on. Wait for it. The Ping Dynasty. Oh! Oh, we're done. (laughs) We're done. (laughs) All right. See you next week. Yep, that's it. Uh, But no, you, you actually mentioned it, I don't know, when we were talking. And you said, you know, China... They're they're interesting because they don't care if they have a strategy and it could take twenty years. Take a hundred and fifty. Take hundred and fifty, two hundred years. That's that's okay too. You know, yeah. and that's they're they're playing the long game. So that for them to be developing this network makes it makes total sense. 
But like, I hope that. I mean, I know we are too. It's not that we're just doing nothing. No, yeah, we're we're working hard. Yeah, I, and I think well, to get back to like the human rights side of it. I mean, if you think about places like North Korea and China and all that, um, things like Tor. Like you're familiar with the Tor browser, yeah. right? And so it's a it's a anybody not familiar? It's a VPN. It's a you know anonymous, pretty much anonymous uh, proxy network. You know, so you can do whatever you want. But like VPNs and Tor. And what do you mean by do whatever you want? Whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> Is this like uh, the dark web? Yeah. Like okay. if you want to access the dark web, you got to do it through Tor. Okay. So like you get on your Tor browser and it's a dot onion site. Yeah, I was gonna say I know. The- I know enough to be dangerous with these terms, so it's like the onion router. Is it the same same kind of thing? It's yeah, and I don't know about what onion router means, but uh, I'm sure that's something like Tor. Their logo is a little onion, and so it's okay. uh, nowadays they give this bundle, right? So it's basically a Firefox install set up to run through the Tor proxies, um, and it, they make it easy. It used to be that you had to like configure shit and have this whole separate deal but now it's just the tour browser bundle it's wonderful guys check it out it's a little slow um but that's just because lots of traffic it's all volunteer based you know you can send them some cash to support them anyway in general i like what tour is doing i support like anonymous browsing i think that's good um you know technically if you have one of the exit nodes um you can monitor the traffic so like when you go on tour, you you connect from your own computer, you know, and then it go, sends you off to wherever, Switzerland, to Seattle, to London, to Africa, somewhere, you know, like, it just bounces you all around. It bounces you to all the, like, multiple places. Yeah, so, okay. and that's the thing about tour versus other VPNs. Um, it Yeah, it's not one jump. It's a bunch of jumps, and then you exit onto the internet somewhere. That's your exit node. And so that server, wherever the hell... Um, is owned by somebody, you know, so it's not, and it could be owned by, it could be run by the FBI. I'm certain that the FBI or NSA or somebody, maybe both, have exit nodes, you know, because it'd be They're stupid. probably, like, listening to each other and they don't realize it. <laughs> probably. But, because it'd be stupid not to. Like, I mean, anybody, if, any intelligence agency that doesn't have a Tor exit node is doing it wrong. Okay. Um, but you can, and it's tough, because, like, there's just data flowing, you know. But if you, if you scrape enough data and you can kind of pinpoint what you're looking for, I mean, you can put shit together. It's it's work. It's not easy. So it's not totally anonymous. Uh, but it takes, you know, it takes a, the federal government having an intense interest in you yeah. to really track yeah. it down. Well, so when we talk about the uh, democracy and oh, human yeah. rights, so is China making it so that's much easier for them to do? Well, so when you think of the, the Great Firewall of China... Um, yeah, yeah. if they want to oppress free speech, you know, they just don't allow these things. So people are using these proxies just to get onto Twitter to communicate about a protest or to put up an article that's in protest, you know? Yeah. And so, like, if you can't, um, it's, you know, China uses uh, the squashing of internet freedom to subjugate, you know? If you can't communicate, if you can't go, I think this is bullshit, then, you know, no one yeah. else can either. Well, it happens in other places than China. Oh, of course, of course. But yeah, it's a very effective tool because that's what people use to organize. And if you're, you know, you're the the rebel party in some country like Syria, or you're just the minority and you're just against the government, then, you know, that's that's what you use. You need to use that to, yeah. to organize. And so by shutting that down, it, it tends to be effective in squashing that, that resistance. Well, think about like even something as stupid as... Uh, yeah few years ago, the trend of flash mobs, you know, showing up at a mall, just stealing a bunch of shoes and leaving. Um, you know, it was all organized. Oh, I, was, <laughs> I was thinking of, like, 
going in the mall like doing a dance like, oh. I, I think a flash mob is like we just like oh let's have a dance party but i guess oh, that's, that's nice not always innocent jimmy <laughs> <laughs> well i saw they did a flash mob at, at the kids school so i was like oh it's a, it's a cute little flash mob <laughs> at the school i guess they did like uh, the morning assembly they, yeah. they had organized it to do like a you know one of the teachers had a birthday so they did uh. a, Flash mob dance party. Well, but so, I thought that's what flash mobs were. I mean, there's that too. So okay. people did uh, all the drama kids um, that were like, I haven't done a play since high school. Um, like they would use flash mobs to do these big dance things. I was like, everybody learn this routine. Yeah, or like do like the the um, the thriller dance. Yeah, and so like, and they would commute. But so whether it was that or whether it's like. We're going to meet up at the mall, and we're going to storm that place and just take whatever the fuck we want. Like, yeah. in Kansas City, it was a big problem at the uh, country uh, country club plaza there. Okay. You know where, you know, that area? Yeah. yeah. No. No. Not okay. at all. Lots of shops. It's really neat buildings. Really neat uh, decor. Old area that's kind of like an outdoor mall. Um, but they've got, I don't know, stores. I don't buy things. But they got an Apple store and other things. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that was a problem with the youth. You're not into those material things. Nope. Other than you know all my possessions. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're surrounded by his his treasure trove right now. It's gonna get worse. <laughs> um, but yeah, so people would show up and just storm whatever the store was. You know, not Apple because they don't have enough uh, inventory out. But yeah, whatever it is, shoes, clothes. But you can't stop them. Like you just can't stop them if there's a hundred yeah, kids. Yeah. And so, but anyway, but the same thing for protests. If you want to organize a protest. Um, you know, Antifa or just any sort of protest, like you got to communicate. And so if you go subscribe to our private Twitter feed, it's very easy. Anybody that wants to protest, they just go, oh, I'll follow you. And then they just, one message, it's out there. But if you don't have that ability to mass communicate because, you know, the government squashes it, then eh, you can't protest, you can't organize, you know, the right to assemble. Like that's the reason it's uh, mentioned is one of our First Amendment, right? It's First Amendment. Yeah, yeah, First Amendment speech, right to assemble. Yeah. And so assembly is important. Yeah. I mean, that's that's our, that's, um, I wonder how they did it back in those times, you know? They just said, hey, <laughs> we're going to protest. I guess that's what they're going to have to do in China now. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe here. So you never know. Well, and that's uh, the thing about like the VPNs and stuff. It It's giving people work around. Yeah. Well, um. Okay, so we don't want China to define the 5G network. We don't want them to build everything. We don't want them to build the pipes so that we are then relying on Chinese technology, which we know they steal. Yeah. They don't, not only do they steal our technology, but they they use the technology to steal information. Yeah. Uh, So I think, and I think you agree, that these uh, generals and admirals' concerns are well founded. Oh, and, um, that, and actually, uh, to interrupt, man, that's why I was so excited when you posted that, is because, like, I'm a nerd and a bit of a worrywart when it comes to, you know, digital freedom kind of stuff. And so, like, Internet of Things uh, and 5G and AI and all that stuff, that's, you know, things I ponder often. I wonder about the disasters ahead, uh, but I imagine that it's mainly because I'm crazy. And so, you know, I've heard other people talk about, oh, you know, this 5G thing is going to be important. And... You know, the military has a reputation for not always being cutting edge, yeah. you know? And so, like, seeing these, not just military, We're but... Slow, like, slow to adapt, slow to, slow to, adapt to, yeah. to technology change. And, and these weren't just people in the military. These are, you know, bad, not just bad motherfuckers, but, like, 
old people. Yeah. I mean, to be blunt about it. Well, I mean, they are of a different. They're cut from a different cloth, and the, the there's no coincidence that these are the names that you see here. This this list. They're not just uh, four stars, retired, old. They are. They're generally the. Uh, what's the word? The, not the radicals, but the, these are these are guys that you typically see. They're very very smart, and they come out with the opinions that are not always popular. Good. Um, they are these, these are these are the guys. Not only do they come out with the opinions that are not popular, they're the ones that tell others, "Hey, get out there and say what you think." You know, and and they're not afraid. They're not afraid to that that discourse of ideas and and, awesome. and encouraging the dissent. Um, so for them to say this, I think it's important. It's it's not. To me, it's not controversial, though. It's, it's no, just, no. It's just a matter. This is just a matter of getting people to pay attention, um, because if five G, I kind of fall into this category. I'm like, okay, well, it's just the next evolution. You know, you got the three G, you got the four G. You know, five G, eventually six G. So, like, yeah. is that? You know, part of me says, is this just the? So what? So is the answer to this? We just developed the six G network. Well, you know, oh. I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like, what? What is the the end state here? But I don't know. But, I don't know. I don't know enough about technology to say that that's even a feasible answer. Well, and I don't know. I don't. To be honest, I don't even know what six G would be. But like, um, it, it that's and and what we're dealing with connecting now, us all by our brains. Well, yeah, probably. And that's but, just mind control at that point. But really, I mean, and that's all. It, it'd probably be six G. Would probably be something that's uh, direct beam, but more powerful. You know, the it'd be like the uh, the Bieber commercial. The the did you watch that? The the um. Oh man, Bieber and uh, Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, did a commercial. oh Bieber. Bieber, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he yeah. was like, "Six oh, G, Bieber fever." <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that's what six G is. Yeah. Well, and so like, yeah, you had that article uh, that you sent my way. Like, we shouldn't try to out China, China, and that's true. Like, we don't have, we don't have that same control over everything that China has. Yeah, yeah. Which is a positive. Uh, like, we don't. I would like all the things you were just saying, right? Yeah. We want to have that freedom of assembly freedom of speech we want to have the people let people have the ability to protest um well, and it's so, certainly china that's not their opinion no they don't give a shit they're they've got you know they got their plan they they want to do their thing yeah well, and so at some point you know someone asked trump and you know he was like oh, i don't know maybe we'll we'll develop the you know maybe we'll do it as america as a you know federal government and uh like that article says i i don't like that idea uh i don't like it like you know, in a U.S. versus China, yes, I'd rather the U.S. government have it than the Chinese government. But as a U.S. citizen, I would rather not have that be a federally controlled technology. Because, uh, you know, if there ever is a bad president, for those of y'all who don't like Trump, who thinks think he's a fascist, or for those who didn't like Obama and thought he was totalitarian, you know, like, you just don't want... Uh, your leader to have the power over your communication abilities, just like we wouldn't want China to. So I don't, yeah. yeah, so I don't think we should try to out China, but I do think there's probably room to like suspend some, collu- yeah, sometimes we suspend antitrust uh, or anti, uh, yeah, antitrust laws where we go, hey, you know, power company, you're going to be the only, you have no competition in this market. But we're going to heavily regulate this, you know? Right. So, like, this would more be, like, anti-collusion, where it's just like, look, uh, you know, T-Mobile, Verizon, AT&T, Sprint. Unless, did Sprint get bought by the Chinese? Anyway, but whoever's not owned by China. Okay. It's like, oh, y'all, how much you got to throw in? Like, if, yeah. if we're going to throw in, like, everybody, let's pool our money. And for the first five years, ten years, whatever it is, we're going to allow, we're going to all set 
the prices. You know, like, you can't go below this amount, and you can't go above this amount. Everybody's competing in this range. Like, let's get this thing built. Because uh, for the most part... Is that like, kind of how the, the utilities do it? I don't know. What? Well, I, I think so. You should know what the utilities do better well, than I. Well, uh, <laughs> as much as I pay attention to it, but... Uh, well, I mean... The, sounds, I think so. Well, sh- uh, the way I understand it um, is that the... Like, in Florida, the governor and Duke Energy, they talk about the rates, and they go, okay, well, um, like if Duke wants to raise the energy the energy rates, they go, we want to raise the rates by this, and the federal go- or the state goes, ah, well, we put- it's a negotiation that takes, like, five years or something, and the rates yeah. are pegged, like, five years in advance or ten years in advance. So you're talking about rates way in the future, um, and you know, the government's cutting them checks and all that, but it's one of the reasons like when uh, it was, uh, Charlie Crist versus, uh, Rick Scott, when they were both trying to like out, uh, Duke hate each other yep. that, uh, that your lady was saying how dishonest it was because it's like the state negotiated this rate five years ago yeah. and like the things with the nuclear power plant that was negotiated already. It's not like Duke came in like, I'm evil company. Yeah. So it's just a political football. Yeah. It's just... an easy one. It's an easy win for whoever wants to, to use that. But for like the cell phone stuff, like for the most part, you know, nowadays you see these things like uh Patriot mobile or, uh, I forget. There's another one. Mint maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, is Mint Mobile a yep, thing? Yep. And so, like, and they're basically piggybacking on these signals, like uh, Verizon or whoever's reselling uh, tower, you know, bandwidth. Yeah, or Spectrum Access. Yeah, so they they, go. Yeah, they have, because each of these companies has a part of the spectrum that, that's allocated to them, and then they can sell off if they're not using it. Exactly. So, like, and that's, and, but because of that, like, a lot of these have the same speeds, you know, that's why these little <laughs> niche things are popping in there. They're like, ah, it's the same speed, we're going to do it cheaper. Because uh, they didn't have to pay for any of the infrastructure, so yeah. they don't have the debt. But so I think with five G, eventually it's going to be there anyway. But what we need is a lot of infrastructure investment, and uh, and maybe it's profitable enough that one of these companies, I mean, maybe they'll just get out there and do it. But yeah. China's getting out there and doing it fast, so it does feel like. I think maybe it's just like let's pull together, guys. Y'all build yeah. it. Y'all keep your customer bases. Do the marketing. Tell talk about how each other sucks, you know, and uh, just see how it shakes out, you know. I yeah, I mean, you can see how this is shaping up to be a national security problem because China does not have the same competition. So we have the situation where we could have our major telecom companies fighting each other, yeah, and not not progressing in the in the u.s national interest because it's not their private companies they're not obligated to that right but china is in a different situation where they can progress very quickly in chinese national interests and so we we you could see a future where we're kind of left behind and that would not be good and clearly information is a weapon to be used in future conflicts damn right and 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 definitely infrastructure you know telecommunications infrastructure so it's not. It's. It's. It, you can't underestimate that that part that that domain of warfare. And so you could see. And it's. It's. It's not even just warfare. I mean, this is all. This is all geopolitics. It's going to depend on that that network. Um, I mean, I'm kind of. I'm. I'm. I'm saying. Uh, kind of coming up with this as I go. Right. It's like it, it's pretty much everything I say is off the top of my head. Yeah. Right. right, right, right. <laughs> Uh, did we caveat that at the beginning of the show? Nah, we should, you know, no, nobody agrees with my opinions. It's yeah. not the opinions of the DOD. My caveat is I'm an idiot. No one should listen yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so there it is. Um, 
But, you know, you can really start to see how important this is. And um, I, I kind of agree that we should not, I don't know, regulates the right word, but we, we, need, we need some. So what this guy in this article you mentioned is saying the headline is we can't, the U.S. can't out China China on 5G. True. We need a national strategy. And and I think that's a good that's that's a good way to approach it. We need a national strategy. Well, that's executive leadership. Executive leadership doesn't necessarily mean taking it over. You know exactly. We want we just need a direction and then some guidance and some uh, uh, authorities. We need some some boundaries. So it's just you give people a general direction of where they need to go. Because because why right? Because of these are advances advances U.S. national interests. Well, and and also the you know some say an AT and T and a uh, and a Verizon, um, you know they meet together about partnering on five G. They're going to be slapped. It's like no, you two can't work together. You would account for this percentage of the national customers. Like you can't do that. Um, and and so they're really handcuffed that way. Where they they need a pass from the federal government saying like. You're allowed to work together, um, you yeah. know, and like we understand that pricing is going to be a little bit kind of set and maybe you don't say it's got to cost this, but you know, maybe it's a range or, or something, you know, you allow them to compete in the area. Um, but, but you have to, it, it might require them all working together to get the infrastructure and then let your marketing departments belt it out. It's more about that than technology these days. Anyway, it's just marketing, you know, yeah. as far as human customers go. Well, I mean, we're going to use it. You know, we're we're millennials. We're addicted to technology, so we we will be using whatever they offer us and take my money, that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, that's so. I mean, I was thinking about that earlier, I and mean, we we need not just for the to have the companies have a national strategy, but we also need to figure out a way to get the consumers to understand that they're kind of participating in this future conflict, hmm. whatever whatever it is, um, because they're they're part of that. Um, that that domain, that information, you know, you call it information warfare. Okay. You know, they're they're part of. We're all part of it. You know, you look at what happened with the uh, Russia influencing the election. So there was a concerted effort to influence people's opinions on. Oh yeah. Um, pro pro Trump, anti Clinton, or both, or, or either both, way. Both. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the point is that we the that Russia weaponized. The um, the American democracy. Yeah, it weaponized uh, social media. Yeah, yeah. So you can see that that could that could be expanded in the future. Sure. Yeah. So you you need people that are you're using this technology, which are every American almost um, that would not necessarily think of themselves as being involved in some sort of conflict, but that, but they are. And so we we need not just to have a strategy for how to uh, develop the five G network, but also how to use this technology yeah. which is it's tough right because that that also if you go down that that path that's sort of anti-american that's like you don't really want to tell people how to act it depends um, on which way you go with it because yeah. like you know not being a useful idiot would be important because yep. you know the problem is when you got you know uh russia posting something you know white you know if you love white people then you should vote trump and at the same time russia's posting something you know, Black Lives Matter hates Trump, and they're awful. Yeah, and so like you know, people are gonna rah rah on different sides, and 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 that's their goal is to to do the rah rah split, and it's a bunch of useful idiots that are just not checking sources, not not worrying about um, really the meat on the bone. It's just a headline. It's like that's enough for me. You yeah, know? and nobody trust me, nobody reads articles. No, there's 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 um, I mean, you can see that from some of the stuff that I post. <laughs> 
people are not reading the articles, which is fine. But um, there was there was one that was like a study that was done on how many people actually read articles versus headlines. And uh, oh God, I can't. It was some outrageous headline that um, that click when you click the the link, it went to an article that described a study on how nobody reads oh, actual articles. But so it had nothing to do with. But everybody, it was some just ridiculous headline that everybody clicked, you know, had reacted to, and um, but the story itself had nothing to do with it. Um, well, and that's and it's interesting um, the way people sometimes use that. Where so I, w- one thing that strikes me nowadays is wondering when people are just being partisan or speaking opinion, and when people are being intentionally dishonest. Because there's sometimes you'll see a headline. That says, like, I don't know, what whatever, Jimmy's the worst person on the planet. And you go, I agree with that. Let me click that. The first paragraph is just like, oh, Jimmy's probably the worst person on the planet. Second paragraph is, ah, he's the worst person on the planet. And then, you know, third, fourth, a bunch of me. And then the ninth paragraph, it says something like, you know, Jimmy saved a bunch of kittens and children, and he's actually uh, a pretty nice guy. I, and then I, it, it goes on. That's you know. all true, by the way. <laughs> I, I am a nice guy. Um, but I get a bad rap. So, but sometimes the article people act, don't read the articles. Well, and sometimes it contradicts the headline. Like, yeah, an, yeah, an editor picks the headline for clicks. <laughs> I mean, seriously, the, the, yeah, you know, it's a, it's like no, I don't like your headline. I don't like your article title. Well, that's like the um, kind of reminds me of the article on Pete uh, Mayor Pete uh, Buttigieg. Buttigieg. Yeah. yeah, and it was like the article's headline. The headline was like. Is is America ready for a millennial president? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was reading it. I was laughing to myself because this is he's a gay man running for president. A mayor running for president. Yeah, and not like Giuliani running New York City yeah, you know, post 9-11. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, you know, he's a, he's a long shot for sure. But and, and, and I am not I'm not saying that whether he he's gay has any negative or positive. But he would concept. be the first gay, gay. president. <laughs> and that's not the. That's not the most noteworthy thing. No. The most noteworthy thing to put in the headline is he's a millennial. <laughs> are, are none of isn't Robert Francis O'Rourke a millennial? Oh, oh, uh, I, I don't know who that is. Are Be- you talking about Beto? Oh, Beto. Yeah, <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't recognize him by his real name. Beto O'Rourke. <laughs> you, you only recognize him when he stands up. Yeah, on the table. I don't know until he stands on a table. I don't know who he is. That dude sweats, man. Yeah. You know what pisses me off? is He's got he, the frat tuck going on, too. Well, and he took away, like, all of my top running for president categories, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, he used to play well, bad like, music. You, if you would run for president? Yeah, because oh. it's like, he used to play bad music in a punk band. It's like, all right, check. <laughs> Not good at music. Played in a punk band. <laughs> Pretends to be Hispanic. <laughs> well, I'm Cuban now. <laughs> I have been adopted as a Cuban. Well, there you go. So I don't have to pretend. I am Cuban. Okay. Yes, the, the Lima family, Triple Bima adopted me but uh but then it's like oh and he was in cult of the dead cow i'm like no i loved cult of the dead cow what like, is this yeah you know, the hacker group no oh my god so this people were making hay out of this they were like oh you know because uh, some of the articles he wrote were about, is that why he was arrested no that was a dui oh okay but uh cult, so cult of the dead cow back in i guess to preface this like in the 90s i think everybody uh that was in a punk band, I don't know. I feel like there's a large segment of people that were in punk bands and also in little hacker groups. And yeah. um, well, like the movie Hackers, which well, is a documentary. That, and at the time, you know, uh, there was this website, Hackers.com, and we, <laughs> and we were getting ten thousand hits per day 
in the 90s. Yeah. In the 90s. <laughs> and so like 10,000 per day. Yeah. That was when you needed to have like a wired magazine to pull up a, to, to find a URL to even get on the... Oh, you my know, God. <laughs> it was, there was no Google yet. I mean, we the, the amount of regret about not properly monetizing that. I mean, there wasn't a lot of ways to monetize the internet back then. But holy shit. But anyway, so... But there's all these different little collectives, you know? So you have the yeah. Legion of Doom and, and the Masters of Deception, which were kind of like the classic heroes everyone had. But, um, like, the the big boys, like, the, the actual, like, power trust of, of data was Loft. And uh, Loft had people like Mudge. And, like, Loft went and they testified to Congress, you know, about cyber stuff. And so, you know, they, they were knowledgeable enough that, you know, they went in front of fucking Congress, you know, with their yeah. long hair and their crazy names uh, this was before anybody cared about cyber security. They were cyber. starting to. This was this was like ten years after you know some kids accidentally took down AT and T on the East Coast, and people were realizing like, oh shit, we should care. And so now there's yeah. broadband internet, and so yeah. things are a little bit different. And so you know, Loft was basically out there saying like, hey man, like. All y'all aren't doing shit right now, and it's gonna be a problem. Like us. You know, the the four people in front of you right now, or however many people went, it's like, you know, we could probably get into all of your shit right now, you know? Yeah. Uh, but there's also this little group called Cult of the Dead Cow. And they were, they were, they were a big group. A lot of these groups, the membership kind of ebbed and flowed, you know? And there's people that were, like, um, really smart, and they would write white paper kind of stuff. There's people that could develop apps. There's people that... Um, were kind of ballsy. They'd crack into systems. They'd get data and they'd put it out there. And and sometimes there was just people like Beto, who were kind of rebellious types. that would write these crazy articles. He wrote articles about you know running over people and stuff like that. Oh yeah, the uh, murder fantasy. Kind yeah, of stuff. murder fantasy. And so yeah, he he Which was. I, by the way, let the guy write his fan write some fiction. He was a teenager. I mean, come on. Yeah. That's that's. I mean, I don't know. It's not like it's rape fantasy or something. That was Bernie. Oh, okay. Cool. Bernie's published for rape fantasy. Oh, wow! I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I honestly didn't know that. I'm no, not, no, I'm he, not, I wasn't setting you up there. Oh no, yeah, no, Bern- yeah. But I mean, my, my, I guess my point is, like, let people write fiction because I mean, what are we gonna do? Hold Stephen King accountable for oh. everything? I mean, come on, the guy writes some sick shit, and he's he's best selling author, you know. Well, and dude was sixteen years old talking about getting pissed off driving, you know, whatever. Yeah. But uh, but they they came out with this program called like Back Orifice, Back Office. It was Back Office was a remote desktop software. Giggity. Giggity goo. And so they came out with a uh, Back Orifice, which was really funny, and it was great. You could, you could break into if you could install the one file on someone's computer, um, you could pretty much do whatever on their computer. Yeah. Okay. And so anyway, the, so Cult of Dead Cow was a fun group. I think some of the members of Cult of Dead Cow. Remembers a loft too, so for a while their website was like loft.com slash CDC. Oh, um, uh, okay. So yeah, I got, I got, I don't know. I'm pissed off that Beto's got all my, all these creds. Yeah, well, you know, maybe he's still a hacker. Maybe, maybe that's the, that's yeah. his angle. I think he's pretty much the same now that he was then. I think yeah. he's just a guy that hangs out waiting to be like, yeah, 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 I'm a part of that too. I'm a part of that too. I guess the whole like, um, you know, releasing your opponent's emails thing has been done, so, um, <laughs> You know, oh, speaking of uh, Julian Assange, you know, oh my god, a, uh, what's his, is he a dead man now? I mean, like, what's going on with him? Maybe a, I don't know. He's got a pretty sweet beard going on. He does. Um, I'm real torn on him. Well, I mean, he's not a friend of the United States. No, and, and odds are he's a Russian asset. Probably, maybe he didn't start out as one, but he's probably one at this point. I kind of, I kind of always assumed he was one of these like tear it all down. 
And look, I don't like the NSA snooping on Americans and in surveilling me, and I don't know what they're they're doing. Right. I like my privacy, right? So that's an invasion of privacy. I don't really know if that's what he is all about, though. Um, almost more Snowden at that point, which I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not defending the man. But all I, all I, my, my point is that I don't think Julian Assange is making a statement about the NSA uh, spying on American citizens. He don't like he gives a fuck about American well, citizens. Well, when you look at the time, so I guess ultimately with him, I think it's dishonest when he goes, "Oh, I'm just a journalist. I'm not a hacker. I don't have any hacker talents." When so no, 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 he's not. I mean, he's he's coordinating with people that have secret. I access think, cl- security clearances well i think get, he's doing some i think he's at least doing some cracking and stuff too like i i think he's got more i think he's been leaning heavily on like oh i'm just a journalist coordinating with sources you know yeah he doesn't take care of his cat uh, that's why that's why the ecuadorian kicked him out of the embassy they, really? were, they were sick of his shit because they the, the cat stunk he wasn't cleaning the litter box and i hate fucking cats i'd throw yeah. him out too for that yeah. Just bringing the cat in. Just having the cat in the oh, first I, would, I would deny him right away. Yeah, well, you know, that your principal man. Mm, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. But, like, my thing with him is, like, it, it's been real funny watching people um, change their views on him. It used to be, like, the left was like, oh, he's, you know, showing about all the stupid things that we're doing. Like, oh, Julian. Yeah. And then, like, uh, he came out with some stuff that, I guess, that was, you know, favored Trump during the election. And suddenly they're like, oh, he's a treasonous rebel. And Sean Hannity's having him on. Like, you know, I think this guy's a hero. I well, you know, it's funny because uh, Fox News actually did a little comparison when uh, when he was arrested. Trump came out or, you know, he was asked questions and Trump said, uh, WikiLeaks is not really my thing. I don't know. You know, yeah. let, the, let the attorney general handle it, which is pretty appropriate. You yeah. know, this is a legal That's matter. That's probably, probably one of the most honest things he's ever done. Yeah, decided. which is just because it's in his benefit to say that. That's fine. But then Fox <laughs> News took the opportunity and it was a little surprising that Fox News went this far that they they posted... they um, Did a montage? They did a montage of all the clips of him during the campaign. Oh. <laughs> and how he was saying, WikiLeaks! At all of his rallies. I love WikiLeaks! We got a new WikiLeaks! Have you heard about this WikiLeaks? I love WikiLeaks! And then, he's, and then of course, now he's like, WikiLeaks? I don't know what that is. I mean, to be fair, like <laughs> when uh, when you get the Trump that's up on the stage at the rallies, like he'll love anything. It's just like, hey, did you see the shit that helps yeah. me? It's great. Yeah. I'll punch that guy yeah. in the face. Like he says anything. Well, it's, all, it's all politics. It, well, it's, uh, it's all. It's just, know, it was it was amusing to see the contrast. But it, but with him too, it's just like when he's doing his stage show, it almost does. Like if you focus on the content at all, like it's a stage show. Like yeah. there's no meat. There's no meat. It's all whatever. But so it's been funny watching people kind of change depending on how WikiLeaks helps them. But my, I guess my my view with him's always just been, I don't know. You know what game you're playing, and you know how this ends up. And then if you accidentally rape somebody, you know, yeah, oopsie. And where was he? Uh, it was in the Ecuadorian embassy in London. No. Is that what it was? Yeah, I don't... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, it, was, was, it was London. Yeah. So... Because London's where he was a, a, accused of raping a woman. Yeah. Not very smart to be hanging out in the UK. I mean, I guess it's probably not by choice. Probably had to... Well, he couldn't leave? Yeah. If he, he left the embassy, there. he'd get arrested. Where, where is Snowden? Is Snowden in Russia? Or do we know? I think... Yeah, I, I think he's in Russia. But for a long time he was and you know his view on that he was just like look man like i didn't want to go to russia all my planes got blocked i couldn't go like i wanted to go to ecuador or something but i couldn't so i got stuck in russia and now i can't leave russia yeah but 
I likely don't... story. Yeah, I'm real torn on him. Yeah. Like Julian Assange, like I think Do you he's... think he's gonna be extradited? I think he's I think he's gonna end up in the US. Pro- yeah, maybe. And I feel weird about that too. Like if like Kim.com, right? They wanted to extradite him from uh, New Zealand to uh, the U.S. for copyright infringement stuff. Is he dead? No, he's still alive. Oh, okay. But uh, but they wanted to extradite him because of uh, this server thing he had, and, oh. and there's all sorts of questionable stuff about that. But it's just like, is he Pirate Bay? Uh, no, he. It was called Mega Mega, Me- Mega Upload. Yeah. And so uh, his side of things is like, hey, look, we. They said you got to notify us if there's a copyright infringement, and we notified them. They go, oh, okay, well. Um, he goes, should we delete it? They go, no, 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 just keep it up uh, for now. And he goes, okay. And so then they stormed him for having that same content on the servers. Now, who knows if that's true. But the fact of the matter is, he never stepped foot in America. And so I don't know how America can raid mm. his home in New Zealand if he's never been in America. Yeah. And that's the same thing with Assange, where it's just like... Well, Patriot I- Act. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like with Assange, like the the rape in England thing. It's just like, okay, well, you're you're in England and you're that, accused that was, of rape. Yeah, that was dropped. I think that was dropped. No, was it? I don't think he's charged with sexual assault. No, it's the Chelsea man or Chelsea Manning. Yeah, Chelsea. Is that it? Okay. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. I think it's um, that stuff. Got to be guy, man. The transgender. All right, you got, you got This is an important topic right now. So uh-huh. we're we're not letting transgender people serve in the military. No, 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 no. No, you're. You are letting them serve in the military. You're just not covering the cost of transition uh, in the healthcare. Okay. So I, I think it's, yeah, I think they can serve. I don't know what the pronoun rules are, but anybody that's currently going through gender processes, you know, hormones and all that, yeah, uh, they can continue. But if you've not yet started gender reassignment, you cannot begin it on the military's dime. And I can't pretend like I necessarily disagree with that. Yeah. I just, you know, as an employer, I think you should have the right to say what you cover and you don't cover. And it, yes, I know that people feel it deep down inside, but it's still elective. Well, it's elective and being in the military is not a right. Right. Um, That's the other part. And I, I am, I'm, <clears throat> I don't think that the military should be a social experiment. So that's 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 part of why I'm okay with this. Um, Does private I, insurance cover gender I, reassignment? I don't. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. But I don't um, think so. You know, I mean, I, in general, look. You know, if you can serve and you can fight, you know, do you are you able to fight? You have honor, courage, commitment. Then get that's on board. It. Let's yeah, go. That's it. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not one of those people that's gonna have. Um, prejudices based on uh, gender, transgender, sexual preference, whatever it is. I don't. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I Bill, think I think most people in general, if they're if they're with you on a ship or in combat and you're side by side, can they rely on you? Yeah. And that's that's what they want to know. And then it's then it's not. It's the rest of it's not a big deal. Yeah. If Bill wants to be Susie and Susie can you know shoot a 50 cal you know yeah. with precision yeah. it's like come on Susie, yeah. jump on it fuck the politicians i mean that's not that's we don't we don't want that kind of drama in our you know i don't know what the word is but inside the military right. we just want to know that we can trust each other but and i think and that's that's where in this transgender thing becomes a political issue and now it's it's hard to tell whether this is in our best interest or not. Best interest or not. 
Um, and it gets very frustrating. Well, and I, I noticed some uh, transgender folk on Twitter, I think in Canada. And, and, and the biggest part is, I think for the most part, everybody, you know, not everybody, but most people are just like, whatever, I don't care. You know, like, if you are going to start dressing like a lady, looking like a lady, you want to be addressed as a lady, like, most people are going to be polite enough. I know, like, Jordan Peterson gets a lot of grief for some stuff he says, but he's even said it. It's like, yeah, somebody wants me to... You know, someone want, is is trying to reassign as a woman. Like, I'm not going to be rude. Like, of course, I'll use female pronouns and all that kind of stuff. But the, the problem comes uh, with law, you know? Yeah. And so when you go, hey, like, the, the federal government is required to do gender reassignment surgeries uh, if you're a member of the military. And also, like, if you can just, like, what's the initial commitment? Like, if you sign up out of high school or whatever, like, how many years do you have to serve to be done? Usually about five years. Five years. There you go. And so, like, and, and for the most part, like, the military, the federal government, they put the money into training you for five years. And, uh, you know, they go, hey, man, we'll pay for your college or, or whatever the, you know, the deal is. And, and a lot of people take it and they run after that. And that's fine. They They can, you know. But if it's like, hey, we'll pay for your college, and we're going to do this complex sense of, you know, or sets of, of hormone therapies and, and all these different surgeries, like, does the military do that for, I don't know, I guess other things they don't do, because if you have a complex heart condition or something, you can't even enlist, right? Yeah, no, no, yeah. you know, that's, it's, uh, you have to, have to have a basic, um, level of of health and physical fitness so they're they're gonna they're gonna screen you out yeah so there's most things where they go well we can't take you on not because you're gonna be at the doctor all the time but but that is the thing most most conditions that require that same level of financial commitment as a gender reassignment uh, most people that have these conditions can't can't enlist anyway yeah you know the whole thing has been kind of a shit show and yeah. i remember going through a training several years ago about how to handle people going through gender reassignment surgery and it, it didn't make it didn't make much sense but we were kind of we were listening to it and because it, it was being rushed it right. was being shoved down our throats i'm open to it if it's look i don't care all that much you're honest i don't yeah care. so but i mean i was just kind of like it was almost surreal to be listening to this training and nobody really knew what they were talking about right. they were at this this canned slideshow of uh terminology and which is uh, what was co- what, you know exactly and yeah. then uh uh as far as the reassignment surgery and what was covered and when it was covered and um there was it was you could it was it, the definition of a hastily formed policy right and, and it was it's kind of a good thing that i think at some point they backed off of that and they said okay let's let's actually think through it <laughs> uh but here we are so i think you know Maybe maybe Salty needs to write a little bit about this and and uh, formulate his thoughts and and deliver his, one of his classic eloquent essays on it. It'd be interesting, man. Like I like I said, it's just it's it's a big it's a big thing and it, it changes a lot. And and most of us don't really understand. Like you know, you think with your heart and you go, well, this person's hurting. They feel that they're the wrong gender, and we you know we all empathize and all that, but. Uh, once you start putting it onto other people's dimes and all that kind of yeah. stuff and charging people hate crimes for screwing up pronouns or, or whatever, that's that's where things become problematic. Yeah, I mean, you know, we had the same kind of debate when we talked about putting women on ships mm. and having to um, 
you know, uh, re-engineer, redesign to have uh, two bathrooms, you know, male and female uh, heads, you know, in, in, in nautical speak, it's, uh-huh. it's nautical terminology for you. Um, you know, and then with submarines, for the longest time, there were no females on submarines, and now there are. Um, and it was the same kind, before they decided to put females on submarines, it was the same kind of logic. You would hear the argument would be, well, this is not, it's, it's not a social experiment. This is not about uh, fairness. This is about mission effectiveness. And does that, uh, is that really benefit the mission? And, you know, are we distracting from the mission? And eventually people realize that that just doesn't hold up. You know, you have, yeah. you, you are taking your talent pool from half of the population and, submarine warfare is not the same as it's not very it's not the most physical thing right. so you can't you can't argue physical differences because you're you're not storming the beach yeah. you know, you're not, not carrying two men on your yeah, shoulders yeah right i mean it's very it's very intellectual it's it's a very it's a blind man's bluff right it's very slow it's a um me, uh, methodical and and it's 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 very much in your head um so y- there's no argument that would hold up that women couldn't do that in as as, as well as a, as a man yeah. um so the the arguments that are very they sound very similar today when you talk about well but this isn't this isn't mission essential it has nothing to do with the mission and i just kind of go well this is the the kind of the same thing we said about women on submarines yeah my my thing my pause and it's it's not about the people as people um but for gender assignment or for a lot, like once you start messing with hormones, it, it hormones control a whole lot in your body, you know, yeah. like hormones are very important. And if somebody is starting to take lots of testosterone that, I mean, even a dude, like a dude that's taking steroids to, to get jacked, you know, like that. Yep. I, I know some cops who are, a lot of cops are on steroids, which sucks. But, like, I knew a cop that was on steroids as a cop. Interesting. And, yeah. Yeah. And so, but the problem is, you know. Maybe you, they should stop doing that. They definitely should. I uh, think we just solved one of our biggest national problems. <laughs> Cops. Don't do steroids. taking steroids. But but that's the thing. Like, if you're on steroids, you're irrational. And so, like, yeah. uh, if you, so I don't know. Mess do with they make you racist, too? No, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> That's a conversation. That's that's a topic for another time. But yeah, no, I don't know. But okay, more importantly though, you mentioned <laughs> the heads. I want to hear about the poop parade. Oh yeah, the poop parade. Okay, so um, there's an article that came out, and then the headline is report. So it says, "This is Military Times report: Feces march on destroyer crossed line. Investigators detail punishment that led to two firings on Dunham. Dunham's the name of the ship. So basically." The command master chief and I think the XO, the, the executive officer, the second in command, were fired because they ordered 19 women, all junior enlisted, to clean feces out of their toilets um, because they the toilets had all been secured, um, what we call it, tagged out for maintenance. So they're okay. not they're not in they're closed. Use. Yeah, they're closed. Out of order because um, the ship was in port in a maintenance period and. Wait, it was in port? Yeah. So you could get off it? Oh, yeah. Okay. So what happens is this is, so it's actually not not that surprising to anybody in the Navy to hear this because you're working in the ship and you got to take a dump. It's, there's a little bit of a temptation to be like, ah, it's right there. Oh, yeah. I gotta, otherwise, I got to walk off the ship. You don't I gotta even go have to down be in the, the Navy. <laughs> you just have ever been on a boat. Yeah. You know, you just, 
But you know that 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 head is secured and that poop's going nowhere. Yeah. And somebody's got to take care of it. And the I guess this was not the first time it had happened. Um, and the the people that were responsible for cleaning the uh, for for maintenance on the sewage system, the hull technicians, were getting kind of tired of having to clean out people's poop. Uh, from secured systems that it just was it was just going to sit there forever. Yeah. I think they, at one point they actually had put like saran wrap over the top <laughs> and then they came in and found a turd on top of the saran wrap. Nice. <laughs> this is, and they, these are young women, by the way. At some point so, they found an upper decker. Yeah. This is, uh, hold on. There's a quote in here that I want to read. So um, a, during an October 15th general quarters drill, Sailors were setting fire boundaries when they entered the female birthing and found fecal matter in an, an in another out of order toilet. It was festering on on the plastic wrap covering oh. the secured toilet. A sailor reported it succinctly to the central control station, then running the drill. Quote: "Birthing five on the plastic, man-sized gopher." <laughs> <laughs> Which is the this is the quote of the century. Um, but so what happened? So we're we're wondering why did these two men get fired? And it turns out that they they went a little far by having this poop parade where they I guess they lined everybody up and they had them taking the poop uh, from the toilets to the wherever they disposed you know, of disposal it. place. And I think they might have actually had people watching the um, rest of the people in the boat or the ship. Yeah, so it was intended to t- uh, the task to teach the women a lesson in following orders and being considerate toward those whose job it is to fix the toilets. But so Which is th- that that part, I mean, the intent, but the execution uh, turns out was public humiliation. Yeah, a little bit, but that's kind of part like when you play team sports. Okay. Um, yeah. you know, it's like, hey, if all y'all don't do this, you're all running laps, and you have that one asshole kid that doesn't do it the right way, and you go, all right, two laps, and so you run your two laps, and so you get back. And like, all right, let's do it again, or wind sprints, or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah. I mean, that's just—I mean, that's part of it. Like, you work as a team, and if it's something where, especially if they've been talking about it, where it's like, ladies, um, please stop taking a dump on the saran wrap. You know, it, if it, if they've been announcing it over and over again, going like, please stop, please stop, please stop, like just please go somewhere else to take a big poo, and they just won't stop. I don't think that's a problem. They gave him a warning. It's not like it was a first offense, you know? They poo on the saran wrap, and then they didn't even take the poo with them. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this, is an, this is an incredible article. I mean, one woman stuck her hand into the feces, pulled out a glop full, what? and immediately vomited into the bag full of excrement, according to the report. <laughs> the smell was so overpowering. Wait. So they, there's a little bit of, um, and this is they oh, were a stack required of... To a grab stack of the women had to scoop out the feces with their hands, covered uh, only with plastic bags meant for feminine products, and a stack uh, of Dixie paper cups. Okay. So there was not a, the execution was was lacking. Yeah. You know because there's a sanitary there issue there. You know there's clearly people are going to get sick. Yeah. And when you even the whole technicians that are responsible for this kind of thing, they have their own uh, PPE, uh, personal protective equipment. PPE. PPE. Yeah. So they're um, it's for the PPE. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is funny also because the name of the system is the the CHT uh, system uh, collection holding and transfer if I remember right Swo's check me check my math on that don't do that but uh, so the CHT system is where the shit is (laughs) I've always thought that the shit yeah the cheat so um, so then they uh, the witnesses uh, said that once the women assembled on the pier holding double bagged buckets of waste 
A sailor called them to attention, yelled out forward march, and began marching them down the pier, calling out left, right, left, right, as they walked toward the portable toilets. See, that part I don't have a problem with. I, my problem with the only, I only have one problem with this whole story, and it's the manner in which they had to remove the poo. Because that does sound gross. I mean, at least well, get some you know, rubber gloves. There is, a, there is a standard now we have in the Navy. We don't do public humiliation. So, That's not public humiliation. Well, there was, the pier was not, was not empty. I mean, people were watching them march down the pier with buckets of poo. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> I, you know, it's, it's, not like, it's not like people didn't know what was going on. So they, they probably, I'm sure word spread, and they said, hey, let's go watch these women march poo down the pier. So was it public, or was it fellow members of the Navy who were on the boat tired of dealing with the poo on the saran wrap? Yeah, but that smacks of hazing because now you're—it's retribution. It is, but but it's <laughs> it's punishment. It's punishment for doing the wrong thing after being warned about it. You know, do this right, or you're all running wind sprints. You know, and it's just yeah, like, but we don't make people run wind sprints in the navy. So you, they're gonna keep pooing on the. They're they're never gonna. But they stop. could they could have gone to captain's mast and he could have taken their pay. I mean, there are effective ways to get people to to fall. But in who? Line. But what do you do? You take the pay of every woman. Because there's one turd? Yeah, that's a good point. Because yeah, that's the thing. But well, why are you making them march down the pier if you don't know they did it? It's just, yeah, I mean, to be fair, cleaning it out is probably enough. Um, but, it, I mean, I get it. You know, you, you are, you're a unit. You're a fighting unit. So you yeah. fight together. You you take responsibility together. Yeah. So, And yeah. especially if there's only, whatever, But the public humiliation group? part of it doesn't seem to have any purpose. It, it's to drive home the lesson. It's just don't, like, y'all need to stop. Because it sounds like they've been talking about it for a while and that other women are disgusted by it, too. And, like, just, I'm, look, sorry, ladies. Like, if there's 20 of you and one of you is reporting it and going, like, this is gross, like, you know, that girl should probably be, that woman should be given a pass for cleaning the poo out. But everybody's together. Maybe all the dudes should, they probably should have the whole boat march, but only the women are carrying the turds. Yeah, the male birthing toilets had been peed in, but no men were made to clean their toilets. According to an unnamed sailor, the urine was left in the toilets until the sewage was turned back on because people generally believe that urine was, stale- <laughs> urine was sterile and not a health risk. Which is not true, by the way. Urine's not urine sterile? is not sterile, no. Really? That, that's, a, that's a myth, yeah. I've been drinking my pee just for fun. <laughs> I mean, Kevin Costner did it in Waterworld. Yeah. But he had a filtration system. Well, you can drink your pee twice. It's the third time through your body that it's toxic. No. No, that's true. If you pee, if you drink your pee, it's okay. <laughs> and then if you pee again and you drink that, it's okay. I, but then if you pee a third time, that's toxic. That's toxic. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, we both agree that drinking your pee a third time is toxic. So I, think, I just disagree with the first two times. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying you do it for five <laughs> so, I, so, yeah, probably the dudes should have had to scoop the pee and then they could have had a whole parade and yeah no i mean you can kind of see but you're painting the picture here you can see how this dynamic just is not it's not going to work out well because first of all and you you have uh, smartphones and you've got cameras and this is all being documented yeah. and and perception's part of it so if you if you but if it's yellow you let it mellow okay <laughs> if it's brown you flush it down yeah but you can't flush it down i know well the yellow can mellow oh okay See, that's the thing yeah, no that's solid that's a good point it, well no it, it's it not solid ah it's liquid that's it's smooth <laughs> uh, uh you, you know frank once again you've you've um shown me the error of my ways i'm pretty and, much a genius yeah the navy's better for it so this which is the whole point the whole point of what i'm doing here is to try to make the navy a better place and now we understand that that these two people should not have been fired 
for the poo parade. I legitimately, that is my legitimate fault. They should not be fired for that. That's it's interesting. I hope we get some feedback on this one because this I just is, yeah, um, there's I, no no nobody no, nobody in this article disagrees with the firing. So this is you know you could I be, do vehemently, be a, and I wonder if they. I wonder if it'd be the same if it was men. If it was the men on the boat that had to do it, I wonder if it'd even be a thing. I think it might be a factor. I think it might be a, the, the female part is. of this might be a factor. I, Fe- I, young females; these are nineteen-year-olds. Well, and they they have to go. Hey, we're trying to show that we're welcoming to to not just men but women and transgender as well, yeah. and we're, we're all welcoming to all. We don't hate. So we're not going to beat them up for being women. It's like right. We're not beating up for being win- women. We're beating them up for pooing when they shouldn't poo. That's nasty. If, it, especially if there's whatever five times as many men on that boat and none of them are pooing. Yeah. Come on. No, they are pooing, but they're doing the waffle stomp. Well, if they're doing the the ladies can do the waffle stomp. That's what I'm saying. This this is maybe this is just a matter of uh, you know you you need to up your game a little. So bit. that's when you do the waffle stomp is when you're in port. Well, I mean, if you have a working shower or not a working toilet, then you do a waffle stomp. Yeah, but but like. If you should, should I describe it for our listeners? Yeah, sure. Okay, so you know this is this is something that um, I I've only heard of. I've never done it myself. He does it at home it's, now. It's, this is a the drain on uh, navy showers looks like a waffle. So what you do when you don't have a working toilet? Take a shower, drop a deuce on the the drain. It's not all going to go down immediately. So you got to uh, stomp it down with your feet. You know, it gets in between your toes, but it all washes out. And it's called the waffle stomp. This is the most. I did not make thing. this up. This is a, a real thing that happens in our navy um, because we're dedicated <laughs> to the mission. But so I, I understand if it's out of order. But like, if you're in port and it's all whatever they say, locked up or something. Yeah, secured. Secured. So do people? Is that when people waffle stomp? Yeah. yeah. Well, it, but it's um, not just in port, but at sea when the heads are secured. You sometimes you're doing maintenance and you just. No, okay. Or you know you have to go to a different area of the ship to well, use a head, and people like you get very like territorial about your birthings. You don't go to other people's birthings. Okay, that's ridiculous. So. And, I mean, I understand liking to poo in your home court. Like, I, yeah. I get that home field advantage and all that. But like, and I get where if you're at sea and all the toilets are are d- down, like you got no option other than hang your butt over the edge. And I'm sure that's frowned upon. So, yeah, all right, waffle stomp away. But if you're in port and you just got to go. Well, you can't. It's different water system, too, though. It's gray water versus uh, black water. Yeah, black water. Yeah. So, you. And I mean, I you're really not know. supposed to. Yeah, I know. you really you're shouldn't put poo in the gray water. Although, I don't know the difference. I think it has to do with when, when you can release that over the well, side, where how far you are from land. The, the big part is releasing it is. How you're draining it. Because, like, gray water... I know, like, with an RV, right? You go up and you get that hose in. You release the black water. And that's all gross. But gray water is also dish soap and stuff yeah. like that. And so you do the black water first. And you follow it with the gray water. Because the gray water kind of flushes it out. There's yeah. dirt and stuff. But it's mainly just water. So with with ships, it's like... Um... You know, a certain distance from land, you can yeah, release obviously, the, yeah. the, gray, the, the, the gray water or, like, um, food waste. Right. And then you have to go farther out for black water um, and uh, solid trash. Yeah. Uh, non-plastic. So I'm sure that matters a lot. And, you know, to be fair, a little bit of poo probably won't make a difference in that much water. No, the, the solution to di- the solution to pollution is dilution. That's it. That's that's um, something I learned in the Navy. I think that's a good place to, to wrap things up for today. Well, real quick. I wanna, okay, yeah. We got some 
some listener feedback. This oh, might right. be too too thorough because he has a lot. Yeah, I'll just read it and we'll address some of it. Probably save a lot for the next one. How does a salty millennial feel about chiefs training slash mentoring junior officers? Is it a good idea to have a subordinate train their superior? What does the SM think about the idea of having all officers spend 12 months as an E1 to E3, in parentheses, at C command, go to OCS slash academy, spend 12 months as an E6 at C command, and then promote to ENS? Would this help provide the necessary experience for JOs to avoid being at the mercy of a bad senior enlisted mentor? Oh, that's a really good question there's multiple parts here so let me just uh, break it down uh i believe wholeheartedly that you need to get under the wing of your chief uh when you get to your ship as an ensign and ask the chief that's that's the saying ask the chief all right you may not have the best chief you may not but you need to listen to what he has to say to you because he um he's gonna have that experience that context he's he's most likely he or she are most likely going to have the um, the trust of your division that you're trying to lead, and you will not. All right, yeah, that's 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 a that's almost a guarantee. You're not going to walk onto that ship, and and your your sailors are, are going to trust you immediately. You got to earn that. Can and, I interrupt you? Yeah, just go to, ahead. Just to ask, can you summarize what he's asking? I have no idea what the fucking. Oh means. yeah, okay. So so thank you. So um, because this is resonates with the the Navy folk, but uh, it doesn't necessarily translate. To civilian speak so he's asking you get commissioned as an officer and you technically outrank you're the lowest ranking officer and you you technically outrank every enlisted sailor even a, a master chief okay 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 um who's been in the navy for 30 years yeah. all right you're gonna go to a ship and you're gonna get assigned a division you're gonna be a division officer i was the repair division officer i had the the uh hull technicians the guys that clean the poo no. Um, not just clean the poo, but maintain the systems. They did a lot of other things. I um, I feel like you did not defend them well enough now that I'm learning this. Oh, why? Because you disagreed with the poo parade. Oh, I didn't. I mean, I just disagreed with the humiliation part. I That's thought... part of it. Think of your men. <laughs> anyway, okay. go ahead. All right, sorry. Sorry, guys. Um, there's, a, there's a few HTs out there that are probably looking me up so they can throw feces on me or something. Good. Okay. Um... <laughs> So, so there he's asking, hey, well, like, why, why should I, the, this ensign be listening to this uh, subordinate? Um, well, y- yes, uh, you do outrank the chief, um, but you don't know more than the chief. Seriously. You, you don't know shit, yeah. and you think you do because you went through four years of college. Um, I mean, I'm saying you. I mean, this is how I was. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I believed I knew something. Um, I did not. And uh, it's it's the school of hard knocks. You get you get to the ship and you realize you don't know shit, and then you start to learn, um, and you trust the chief, and you have to because you're also learning how to um, drive the ship, employ the ship's weapon systems, and that has nothing really to do with you uh, leading your division. Uh, you have to rely on your chief to do a lot of that work while you're learning what your job is, uh, because you eventually will become a captain one day, and you're going to be expected to be the expert on those things. Yeah. Um, so you you need and you also need to begin to have that rapport and relationship with senior enlisted. Um, and if you start off by this attitude of I'm better than you, yeah, you you're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. You you need to you need to empower people. You need to accept the fact that you don't know. You're put in a tough position. 
And and so you, but you, if you have that humility, then it's a good thing. Um, if you don't have a great chief, then you need to take what they say with a grain of salt. You yeah. need to start to figure out when you can trust people. Um, that's a skill that any manager needs, not just naval officers. You know, you if you have a team of people, then you need to be able to figure out when they're telling you something. You got to go. It uh, doesn't make any sense. I need to ask the right questions. Well, and I was going to say this translates a lot to just normal private sector stuff because, like, in a, in a couple of ways. One, if you get hired on as a manager or assistant manager or whatever in some company, <clears throat> and you're, you're stepping into a company where people have been working there for a while, you know, um, all of those people who report to you, they know more than you. And you can either go in and fake it and, you know, like, oh, I'm blah. But you, you probably won't earn the respect that way. And you'll probably make a lot of mistakes if you go in and go, like, I want to learn all of your knowledge. Like, one, you'll obviously be more capable. But, two, you're going to earn that person's respect. Because yeah. they know inherently that you outrank them. But they also know that you respect them and that you're not... Um, outranking them just because, or you're some pompous little college boy. Yeah. Like, you know, you outrank them, and that's just the way the chips fell, but that you respect their opinions, and that when you make a decision that overrides their thoughts on the matter, it doesn't come uh, from some shallow place. It comes from a well thought out place. Absolutely. And then yeah. you can get them on board with you, and you can get them firing in all cylinders. Yeah. You, you, we, we have a hard time with, um, realizing the weight of our authority sometimes and we think that we need to remind people of it and we don't the people understand that people understand that we're we're officers and that it carries with it a certain amount of authority and if we if we hold it delicately and we empower people then it, then then they feel that they will work harder for you and they'll yeah. trust you and then like you said if you then go a different direction if you listen to them and you go well okay got it but i'm gonna do this then it's it's usually still it's, it it works out better because then at least they know that that, that you listen to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know you make the decision. That's what you're. That's ultimately that's probably what the the one thing that you do that you earn your paycheck for is you make the decision. You own you own the risk in your decision. You own you own the consequences. They don't. You do. Um, you don't ever blame somebody else. You make no. the decision and then you and then something happens. Buck based on here. yeah. So you own that. That's. That's basically why we get the the paycheck that we do. Um, it doesn't mean that we're any more important, and and certainly that's that's no reason to to not listen to them. So uh, so long story short, yes, you do need to be listening to your chief, good or bad. And if it's a if he's not a, he or she's not a great chief, then you're still getting some lessons out of that. You need yeah. to be learning those lessons. You know, you got to be paying attention. Every- you're not going to get fired. You're you're ensign. You're not going to get fired because you have a bad chief. No. Um, you know, you you got to you got to study hard. You got to be working hard and learning and getting ready for the next thing. Um, but if you have a bad, it's still it's still an opportunity. You know, Ooh. you're thrown into a tough situation. Got it. Um, you know, just make sure that you're staying clear of uh, legal and ethical boundaries. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no kidding, because yeah. that, that can happen with really bad situations. Um, but yeah, you got to have a questioning attitude and you got to be looking at what they're doing. And if they're not helping you out, then you got to keep them at arm's distance. But you gotta be listening to what they're saying yeah. because if it's good or bad, it's 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 a lesson for you. And quite frankly, if somebody's been doing something for years and years, like regardless of your education, like if you haven't been doing it for years, like yeah. I mean, you gotta glean that knowledge. You yeah. should you should be thirsty for it. Well, I mean, you can ask questions because yeah. I mean, sometimes you get, you do something for years and years and years, and you get uh, maybe a little lackadaisical, or you start to skirt the of the, course the regulations. 
And you can, so if you're a fresh set of eyes, you can see that. And that's not just when you're an ensign. That's anytime you get into a new job, you're that new set of eyes and you, you want to be asking those questions. And typically the, the people that have been doing it that way are not going to want to hear it. Right. But you, you will start to figure out what to listen for and you'll be able to say, all right, I actually, I'm pretty sure that's not okay. He, and so then I need to go somewhere else and I need to get this straight. And then in the end, you own the decision. So it may not be something that everybody loves. You may mm. not be the good guy, but you make a decision. You say, no, we're going to do it this way. And it's an informed decision. Right. You know, and then you're saying, okay, I, I'm, I, I listened to what you guys are saying, but we, we do need to do it this way because here's why. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, you don't, it, you know, one way you could be a tattletale, oh, so and so did it against regulations. Another way you can go, hey, you know, I know that that the regulations say we're supposed to do it this way. Yeah. And I notice you're doing it this other way. Like, tell is me it, why. Like, yeah, tell me why. What's is it yeah. the ship? Like, what's going on? Yeah. And but part of that the first step is knowing the regulations. So yeah. You you as a as the officer have to be digging into the books. I mean, you got to be studying and you got to know you got to know your shit. Yeah. yeah. Um. So he also asks, uh, what does Salty think about the idea of having all officers spend twelve months as an E one to E three? So as a very junior enlisted person and okay. a sea command. Um, go then go to OCS slash Academy because that um, is one thing I do know that it's very rare for uh, the en- enlisted folk to necessarily go to the OCS shit and convert. Or not very rare, but it doesn't always. No, happen. It, it doesn't always happen. But it's it's a pretty it's it's fairly routine. Yeah. I would say it's a it's a it's an established part of our uh-huh. uh, career progression. Uh, a lot of officers that I knew were prior enlisted, okay. so they were they started out their careers as enlisted. Is um, it more rare in the Marines, or is it pretty much the same across the boards? Uh, it may be more more rare in the okay. Marines, but uh, I'd say it's it's. Um, I would I would actually call it common in the, okay. in the Navy, um, but I don't know I don't know that I agree that every officer should need to go and and spend uh, a year or more because I guess this guy is ask, actually suggesting that you spend more than a year uh, at, at, as an enlisted person. Um, before they become an ensign. I mean, I'm not sure I agree with that. There's you, you learn different lessons. I mean, we, we are, uh, first of all, we go, we go through the commissioning process and we get several weeks each summer to kind of familiarize ourselves. And that's not, not a lot of training, but you get to, you get to see what it's like to be uh, an enlisted sailor on a ship or a submarine or an aircraft uh, squadron. Um, and you get to figure out you're trying to figure out where you want to go in the navy, and um, and then you you commission. Um, do I think that we need to go and spend a year as enlisted sailors? Uh, probably not. It's 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 a different skill set. Okay. Um, if you if you are enlisted and you want to stay enlisted, uh, then you're you're learning different things than if you want to become an officer. Um, so whether you become an officer straight up, like I I was a straight stick swo. Um, uh, I was not prior enlisted, but but many of my friends were. You you have a different ambition, a different goal in mind, and then ultimately you have a different skill set in what you're... It comes down to that decision making. But guys that are enlisted, they're not tasked with that broader level... Aware. Not the umbrella. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to the decisions that they're making, they're tasked with knowing uh, a certain skill set and knowing it in, at a very detailed level. And that's, you know, I've always kind of been brought up, like, you know, be willing to, to jump in and turn the wrench if, if need be. And and I don't disagree with that. Um, but, you know, especially something as massive as some of these ships, there's just so many processes that it's impossible to learn them all. 
especially if you're in charge of the umbrella. Now, you know, if um, a shit hits a fan and you need to jump in, I think, you know, the proper thing is for an officer to kind of defer to the enlisted, to be like, I'm here for the manual labor at this juncture. What the fuck do I do, you know? Yeah. And um, No, that's absolutely right. Ask yeah. questions. Yeah. yeah like here, like this, if there's an emergency and they just need two more hands, yeah, like, then you're there. My but, hands are here. Tell me what to yeah, do. But I, at this point, I am not the person. In, I mean, I'm in charge. But in this certain aspect of it, tell me what to you do. need to tell me what to do. Yeah, exactly. and that's and that's fine. But a lot of guys get in trouble when they start to jump in. They say, "I need to prove myself to my guys, so I need to grab a wrench and start." And then they're, yeah. they're not doing it right. You know, yeah. I mean, that's the know it all. You could you could do it right, but in general, you're, number one, you could be doing it wrong. Number two, you could be taking that opportunity from somebody else, and and they're the ones that need to be doing it. And if they, it's their job, right? It's and I mean, it's not a punishment. It's just work. Yeah. And if they don't want to be doing that, and that's another issue. Well, you, you you don't need to be taking that work from them. Well, another thing I've learned over time is just that like, you jump in and do that job and show like I'm willing to you know pick up and carry do all this manual labor stuff, but you you do have other jobs that they're not covering for you in the same exactly. time. And so exactly. it's like, it, it's great. And like, sometimes it's needed and, you know, by, by all means, like, all, like, don't be afraid to get your hands dirty. Uh, yeah. Cause you need to understand the level of detail, a certain level of detail. Cause you're telling these people to do work, but nobody's getting your work done during yeah. that time. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a fine line to walk and, yeah. and definitely it's not a, not a black and white kind of issue. I mean, there's, there's, um, multiple aspects to it and, uh, people have different opinions on it, but I mean, yeah, like you said, people aren't – you cover down for them, that's that's all good. But somebody else is going to need to cover down for you, and yeah. it's not going to be your sailors because that's not what their skill set is. So if, and if, it, if, it, if it was, then they need to be officers. Go, need to be officers. Yeah. And I've seen, some, I've seen some sailors that should be officers, and hmm. some of them are, are going that way. And some of them I've encouraged you, and, and they've said, no, I just want to be a sailor. That's fine. Yeah. But um, – yeah, there are some sailors out there that, uh, for certain, they are, are performing well above their pay grade. And, Interesting. Uh, um, you know, I'm sure that happens all over the place. But uh, And then there are certain officers out there that should be sailors, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, sure that's true. Sometimes they run into ships. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's true. We got to so talk, that, yeah. That, that, that hits kind of close to home, but that's all right. It, you know, it's, uh, it, oh, tomorrow my uh, column on the USNI blog is going to hit on the... the um, the two collisions, in the, in the, uh, so that'll be um, hopefully good for. It's not. It's not sarcastic. It's it, it's uh, written from from my, from Jimmy Drennan. Jimmy Drennan is the uh, the author of this one. So ah, okay. Um, try to go sincere. I'm sure Graham's gonna have something to say about it. Probably. Yeah. Um, I guess speaking of all that, um, do you want to talk about who we'll be talking to oh, next week? Oh yeah. So next week we have a guest. We've got. Um, Mr. Brian McGrath, uh, founding managing director of the Ferry Bridge Group. Um, he's a retired uh, SWO, um, and he is—he's uh, kind of like the um, the go-to guy for a lot of the media networks when something happens with the surface navy. They call call Brian McGrath, and um, y'all probably know him on Twitter as was it Cons- uh, the conservative Wahoo <laughs> Cons Wahoo. Yeah, yeah. So um, he has uh, generously agreed to to uh, call in and uh, we're going to talk about the collisions. We're going to talk about the case, uh, the cases against um, the uh, commanding officer and uh, kind of how that all played out. Um, we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm sure, you know, he's a, uh, he's a big uh, uh, UVA basketball fan. He's a big uh, Game of Thrones fan. Oh, um, is he? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. So oh, tonight, the, uh, the, um, is it back tonight? Season premieres tonight. Ooh. Yeah. 
Winter's coming. Yeah, winter's here. I guess winter's here, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, before... No, yeah, oh, so anyway, so uh, uh, Brian is a very interesting fellow, and um, I, I, I look forward to the conversation. So I hope uh, listeners out there uh, tune in next week. And speaking of uh, USNI, before we sign off, um, it's been haunting me. I think I was too too heavy on proceedings last week. I think I hit him a little too hard. Yeah, you're a dick. I was. I guess my big point was, you know, Graham was making the uh, Saturday Night Live reference in comics. And like, oh, you're trying to work out to this point to Saturday Night Live, the, the late night shows. And you want those because you get lots of attention. I guess my, my point was that there's not necessarily that when you get to the magazine. But I do not doubt what uh, yeah. what it provides. No, I think it, it really comes down to that quantity versus quality. And the, and the right. readers, there are people that read the, the magazine and not so much the blog. But the magazine, for sure, yeah. that that have real influence yeah. in, in um, American government and national defense. And I don't know that. I think I was a little heavy-handed more than I actually believed. Yeah. So that's my... At least I, I want to believe that because that's, that's you know, I, I write for them. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I matter, damn it. Yeah, I got it framed on my wall because it's important. <laughs> All right, well, I guess that's going to wrap us up for this week. And yeah. until uh, next Like week. and subscribe. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, subscribe, all those things. If you don't, then people won't casually find us. Do it. Get off your ass. Click the goddamn buttons. We're on everything. iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. There's another one that I think I need to add us to that I don't iTunes? remember. Yeah, we're on iTunes, Google. There's another one. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to add it to it. If you want to, if there's something you use, just let us know. Spreaker? Spreaker? I'm making stuff up. Oh, okay. Well, blog, blog we're on Spreaker radio. now. Okay. All right. That's all right. It. Uh, keep it salty. Yeah.